to City Church Garland online, Facebook, friends, Twitter, YouTube, Vimeo, all you guys watching from all over, welcome. My name is Keith Dollar. I'm the lead pastor here at City Church Garland, and what a joy it is to, to lead here with a group of people who really love Jesus, who are really uh, serious about following Jesus. Um, I've been so encouraged by the ways, even through this difficult time, that our body here, our church family, is seeking the Lord and reaching out and, and looking to God for hope and for help during this time. Amen? Um, we are putting a pause on our series on the book of Hebrews, on Jesus' Better series. Uh, we'll come back to that. As many of you realize, we have been camping out in the book of Psalms. So we started a series based on uh, everything that's going on right now. We started a series called Psalms in the Pandemic. And throughout history, the book of Psalms have been a lifeline for the people of God. They have been uh, a prayer, a place of uh, prayer, vocabulary for prayer. In the most darkest, difficult of times, there's Psalms of lament. There's Psalms of where, where David or the psalmist is crying out in distress, God deliver me. And, and, and there's, there's psalms of celebration, there's psalms of, of confession and repentance. Uh, there's just beautiful psalms that point us to the Lord. And I don't know if you guys realize this, but in the New Testament, the book of Psalms is the most quoted Old Testament book in the Bible. Our Lord Jesus prayed from the psalms and quoted the psalms uh, when he was on the cross. In the darkest moments of his life, he prayed from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then Psalm 31, into your hand, I commit my spirit. You see, Jesus himself used the Psalms. And it's been argued that the prayer that Jesus taught us how to pray, the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Here on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. It's been argued that those petitions can be found in the Psalms. If you, The essence of them, if you search through the Psalms, that's a fun little activity to do. I want to encourage you to do that if you haven't done that. Is read through the Psalms. And as you read through the Psalms and you see petitions... In the Psalms, think about how does this fit in with the Lord's Prayer? How does this fit in with how Jesus taught us to pray? Uh, last week, we looked at Psalm 23, one of the most beloved Psalms and most familiar Psalms that, that, that people have, uh, that people know. And uh, we looked at the, the Lord as our shepherd in the shadows. And we talked about how we live our lives both in the accompany of the shadows of the valley of death but also in the company of our Savior, our Shepherd. Amen? And so this morning, we're going to look at Psalm 33, and we're going to look at reasons, reasons that you and I have to praise God 
during this pandemic. Now, it's not hard to find reasons to panic, to freak out, to go crazy, to be afraid, to, to, to just bunker down and bunker down and, and, and be complacent and, 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 and just think about yourself. There, there's plenty of reasons for us to, to give in to those things. But as a people of God, let us resolve that we're not going to give in to crippling fear. Let us resolve that we're not going to give in to complacency, but that we are going to seek the Lord and we're going to praise him through this pandemic. Don't waste your pandemic. This is a historical moment that you and I are living in. This is going down in the history books. Okay, this is crazy. What's going on? A global crisis. And we as the people of God must be more prayerful than we've ever been during this time. Seeking the Lord, looking to Him, putting our hope in Him. And we must give ourselves to pouring our hearts out in prayer and praise through the storm. You know, for many of us, it's easy to praise God when things are going well for us. And actually, sometimes we forget when things are going well, we forget to praise God. We forget to thank God. Uh, but I believe that God is honored in our lives when we praise him through the storm, when we praise him through the difficulty, like uh, Job, in the book of Job, when Job was stripped of everything, when his earthly blessings were stripped, he said, the Lord gives, he fell down and he worshiped God. And he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. May that be our response. If the Lord permits you and I to be stripped of all our earthly blessings and comforts, may we display that God is more important than anything else in our lives when we respond in that way. In the, in the book of Psalms, uh, chapter, chapter 33, the psalmist David begins with a a call to worship. And this is what he says here. He says, Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with a lyre. Make melody to him with a harp of ten strings. Sing a new song to the Lord and place skillfully before him. Amen. Many of us know how to shout when our sports team is winning, when things are going well with our sports team, right? We can get excited about a football game, a baseball game, a, a basketball game, a soccer game, right? We can get excited about those things. But are we people who get excited about the Lord unashamedly? When was the last time you shouted for joy in the Lord? Because you were just overwhelmed with delight in who he is. Okay? David calls the people of God to an exuberant expression of worship. And notice he, he, there's a call specifically to the righteous. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. And we're going to look at what, who, who are the righteous. What, what qualifies a person for fitting in that category as the righteous? And he says, praise befits the upright. Okay, that's synonymous with the righteous, the upright. It's fitting for those who are upright in right relationship with God to praise him. It's so fitting for us 
And it's fitting for us to praise him through the pandemic. Y'all can say amen, including you, Kevin. <laughs> you can give a thumbs up or, or one of those uh, on Facebook. Feel free to share scriptures uh, or, or share different stuff. Comment. Let's interact. This is our way to connect this community. Let's uh, uh, bring our hallelujahs through our fingertips on our devices there. Um, shout for joy in the Lord or rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Let me just say this too. When, when God is the basis of our joy, we won't lose our joy when earthly things, blessings are stripped from us. Jesus said, don't rejoice. He told his disciples after they went on a mission trip and they were casting out demons and they were all excited like, Lord, the demons are subject to us. And Jesus was like, okay, okay, that's cool, guys. But don't rejoice in that. Don't rejoice that the, that the demons are subject to you. Rather, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Okay? Okay? So when our joy is based on, it's heavenly based. It's based on our relationship with the Lord and the eternal salvation we have in Him. We won't lose our joy and we won't lose our sense of worship and praise when times are tough. Amen? And so he calls the people of God to exuberantly worship God, to shout for joy, O you righteous, uh, to play skillfully, uh, to play, to sing a new song. To the Lord. Okay, well, look, look at this. Charles Spurgeon, who has some great commentary on the book of Psalms, he says this about the new song. He says, Our faculties should be exercised when we are magnifying the Lord so as not to run in an old groove without thought. We ought to make every hymn of praise a new song. To keep up the freshness of worship is a great thing, and in private, it is indispensable. Let us not present old, worn-out praise, but put life and soul and heart into every song, since we have new mercies every day, and see new beauties in the work and the word of our God. Woo! That's powerful. Okay, so who are the righteous that David is talking about here? Okay, if you just look at this psalm, within this psalm, the righteous are those who Fear the Lord. And we'll talk a little bit about who, what, what that means to fear the Lord. There are those who, the righteous are those who hope in God's mercy. The righteous are those whose God, whose God is the Lord. Typo there. The, 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 the righteous are those who trust in his name. The righteous are those who wait for the Lord. The righteous are those who hope in God. Can y'all see that there? Let's zoom in there so y'all can see that. Okay. That's who the righteous are. So here, here's the first point. There's just three things here. And the big idea is simply this is that the Lord is our almighty creator. He is sovereign in human history. And he is our great savior who will deliver us through the darkest of times. That's our big idea. And so the first thing is that the Lord is our creator. He's almighty maker of heaven and earth, as the creed says. Notice verse four. David gives us some reasons to praise God. Okay. Now it's great to get exuberant and excited about God and worship God and, and worship sh should affect us emotionally. It should be expressed through physically lifting of hands, clapping, singing, crying, kneeling. Okay. 
but it, it should it should also be internal in our in our hearts in our minds and we should think about the one and know the one in whom we worship it's not worship and singing praise to god isn't merely an, an emotional experience it's a spiritual experience jesus said true worshipers worship god in spirit and truth god is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth and so it's something we we do it's a response worship is a response to god from the inside out it's a response to the revelation of who god is his greatness his goodness his power his glory his beauty his wisdom his justice we get a glimpse of him his his ways his character and his works his deeds and we respond in worship because he's worthy. But it's helpful for you and I to know why we worship, to have reasons to worship. And the psalmist gives us at least three within this psalm. And the first one is, is that the Lord is our creator. The words, look, notice the, the, the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is Full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. And he puts the deeps into storehouses. God is our creator. And he is a faithful creator. His word is upright. His work is done in faithfulness he is a righteous and a just creator god he is a god who's uh who's full of steadfast love and he's filled the earth when he created the earth he created it good and and the earth is filled with the goodness of the lord okay even though even though in Genesis 3, after God created everything good, mankind rebelled against God, sinned against God, and allowed sin, sickness, suffering, death, disease, and the brokenness that we're experiencing today. Even though we, as mankind, have sinned against God, Adam and Eve, and all the way down to you and I today, down to my, my one-year-old toddler, uh, who, who by nature uh, rebels against mom and dad, right? Um, so we're all sinners in need of a savior. And we've, we've allowed this corruption of, of, we've allowed the world to be corrupted through our sin. But even in spite of that, in spite of that, there's still plenty traces of God's steadfast love and goodness throughout the, the earth. We're still, human beings are still made in the image of God. Okay? There's still beauty. There's beautiful music. There's beautiful sceneries, mountains, sunsets, sunrises. Okay, if you can get out and take a walk and take a jog during this shelter-in time uh, within the guidelines of where you're at, I encourage you to do it. Get some exercise and get out and just behold the beauty of your Creator. Just look up, go in your backyard, look up the sky, maybe do a fire pit in your backyard and just, just look at the stars and just ponder the works of God's hands and allow your heart to be struck with all and who God is. He's a creator God. He's a powerful God. And everything that's made has been made by the word of his power. He created it. He started it all. Okay. And check this out. The same voice 
that said, let there be light. The same voice who brought this entire universe and the earth into existence by a command stepped into creation. And that same voice commanded winds and waves to stop Jesus when he was in disciples with his boat with his disciples in the boat and there was a big storm and he tells the storm peace be still the same voice that says let there be light commands the storm to just be still the same voice that created all things spoke to sick people and said be healed the same voice said to a dead man, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth, Lazarus. And he came up out of his grave. This is our Lord, our God. And he can still do the same today. He holds us all up by the word of his power. And it just takes one command from him to calm the storm and raging sea that we see in our lives, that we, that we feel internally. Just one word from him. His word is powerful. His word is trustworthy. His word is upright. His work is done in faithfulness. He loves justice and righteousness. Isn't that refreshing when there seems to be such a lack of justice and righteousness in this world? Because God loves justice and righteousness, saints, you and I should too. God, the foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. My wife and I, because of this, partly because of this reality, because God loves righteousness and justice, my wife and I named our fourth child Justice. We spell it a little different, like the New Testament characters uh, with the name Justice, J-U-S-T-U-S. But when, we, when, we were, when my wife was pregnant with our fourth child, we, we, when we, we first started talking about what are we going to name this fourth child? Uh, both of us, the very first name we had in our minds that we that we brought up on a date night, I remember, was Justice. Justice. And, and, and what, one of the reasons why is because we see in Scripture, we love that God is a God of justice. He loves doing what's just. He executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. And he calls his people to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with him. Amen? So the Lord is our creator. This is a reason for us to worship him, to give him praise through this pandemic. Because he created all this, he sustains it, and with one word from him, he can make it all stop. And so we hope in him. We look to him. Notice verse 8. He says, let all the earth Fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in all of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. You see, we should have reverence and fear of God and worship and praise God because he spoke all life into existence. He spoke and it was done, right? So what does it mean to fear 
the Lord. The fear of the Lord is a is worshipful reverence and respect for God. It is a term that is used to describe the worshipers of God in Scripture. It describes the one who takes God seriously, who heeds his word and responds to his person. Are you a person that fears the Lord? Do you have a deep respect and awe and reverence for Almighty God? Do you fear Him? Okay. St. Augustine said this. St. Augustine said, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let them not fear another in, instead of Him. Doeth the wild beast rage? Wild beast rage? Fear God. Doeth a serpent lie in wait? Fear God. Doeth man hate thee? Fear God. Doeth the devil fight against thee? Fear God. For the whole creation is under him whom thou art commanded to fear. Jesus said, don't fear man who can kill the body but can't kill the soul. Fear God who can kill the body and then cast the soul into hell. And so we should have a healthy fear of God and a deep awe and a deep reverence and a deep respect for who he is. And when we hear his words, they should be weighty to us. We shouldn't be flippant and, and, and take lightly God's word. We should, we should feel the weight of it. Because when he speaks in scripture, he speaks with authority. And we should respond to that authority with deep, profound reverence. This is the one who fears the Lord. They tremble at his word. The next thing is this. The Lord is sovereign over history. I love this. Check this out. Verse 10. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has chosen as his heritage. God is sovereign over human history. And what we're experiencing right now in currently in human history this global crisis, this global pandemic, this did not catch God by surprise in any way. He knew it was coming. He's still on the throne. He's still sovereign. He's still in charge. And his plans will still come to pass. As Job said, there's none who can thwart your plans and your purposes, right? And so he he brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. Throughout scripture, we see God doing this. We see with, with ungodly people who are trying to do an ungodly thing, plotting to do evil, plotting to do something that doesn't honor God, that isn't good for humanity. God frustrates the plans of the peoples. We see this back in Genesis 11 at the Tower of Babel. They were trying to build a tower up to the heavens and 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 man they were they seemed to be really successful and they could have really did made some stuff happen there and they were trying to make a name for themselves and God saw the wickedness of what they were doing and God confused the language languages he frustrated the plans of the people uh 
the in in Jesus's day, the 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 Jews and the Romans they they killed Jesus, right? They had this this plot against the anointed. Psalm two, uh, the, the the disciples in, in in the book of Acts prayed from from Psalm two, uh, and, and they you know Psalm two says. Uh, let me just quote it here. Let me just read it here. It says, the, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? And the kings of the earth set themselves against the rulers and take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. Right? And, and so the, the, in, in Acts 4, when the church was being threatened to, to not speak about Jesus... They, they prayed from this reality. They prayed from Psalm 2. And, and they realized... That they, they recognize that the, the plots against the Lord and his anointed are vain. That God frustrates the plans of the people and he makes them to no effect. I think it's crazy, crazy that the 2020 Summer Olympics is not going to happen this year. It's been rescheduled, okay? It was, it was planned by the nations. It was planned to happen. It's not happening this year. And one of the things that this points us to, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls watching at home, this points us to the reality that we're not in control. We're not sovereign, though we try to be. Though we try to call the shots. Though we do make plans. And God's not against us making plans, good plans. The, the Bible encourages us in the book of Proverbs to make good plans. Planning is good. But when we plan, we are to plan with God and we are to be submitted to his sovereign authority in our lives. Amen. Uh, in the book of James, James says this, James 4. He says, come now, you who say to, today... Or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. And all such boasting is evil. These are convicting words, right? Many of us have had plans and we've made plans without even asking God. We've, many of us have made plans, big plans, and we haven't even stopped to pray and consider, God, what do you want? What is your will with these plans? You see, James teaches us that because God is sovereign, James teaches us that we should say, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. Because we're not in control. Our life, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Our lives are very brief. We don't know what the future holds. But we know the one who holds the future. And so we submit to his sovereign leadership. His sovereign reign and rule. And we delight in his reign. As the psalmist says more than, in more than one place, the Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. We rejoice in the sovereignty of God. Especially when there's ungodly leaders doing ungodly things and it's disturbing. 
how refreshing it is to our souls and comforting it is to our souls to be reminded that the Lord reigns, that he sits enthroned, that his plans stand firm forever. How comforting that is. It's comforting to me. Makes me want to praise God. Makes me want to worship God. It's a reason you and I should praise him through this pandemic because the Lord is sovereign. Amen. And so in our plans, let us submit them to the will of God. Let us ask him, him, what does he want? God, let your will be done. God, fill me with the knowledge of your will. Help me to know and understand what your will is. And may I delight in doing your will. Psalm 40 says, I delight to do your will, O God. Do you delight in doing God's will? Are you submitted to God's plans? His sovereign plans, his good plans. His will is good, acceptable, and perfect. And so let us submit to it. I've seen uh, a a humorous uh, post that some of my friends have posted on their social media. uh, And it's a crossword puzzle. And it's, it says something like, see, see if you can find in the crossword puzzle where you're going in April. And the whole crossword puzzle says, nowhere, 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 nowhere. Where are you going? Nowhere. You may have had plans to go somewhere to do something in April or May or June, right? But our plans have been thwarted and changed, right? Because we're not in control. We're not sovereign. And I know that's humbling for us, but it's good for us to embrace that. And from this day forward, to live with the dependence upon the mercy, the grace, and the sovereignty of God. To look to Him. To trust in Him. He's the ultimate leader. And He's a good leader. And He leads well. So keep in step with Him. Okay, let's get back here. So the Lord is sovereign over human history. His plans stand firm throughout all generations. There are things that God just says, this is going to happen. And so you can count on it. Lord, The Lord is also sovereign over the nations, not just human history, but all the nations of the earth. Verse 13, the Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of mankind. He sees all the children of man from where he sits enthroned. Again, sovereignty. He's sovereign. He sits enthroned. He looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all observes all their deeds. Now, let me just say this. God's God's not just sovereignly in charge. He's also graciously and intimately involved in our lives. He has fashioned our hearts. He knows our hearts and he is watching us and he sees us. And by the way, that's one of the the ways to describe the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is living with the awareness that God's eyes are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. All right, so so if I sent you just randomly, a friend, and I've done this with friends before, if I just randomly sent you a text message during the week that says, God sees you, or God is watching, your response to that text message from Pastor Keith, God sees you, God is watching, your response to that will, will be based on where you're at in your heart and what you're doing. 
So like if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, thinking the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, in the wrong attitude, with the wrong attitude, all right, you're going to be like, oh, God sees me. Where is this Pastor Keith around here somewhere? What's going on here? Did somebody text him and tell him what, I'm, what I just said or what I'm doing, right? Uh, it may be a negative thing, like, to think, oh, man, God sees me, right? Or you may be loving God, loving your family, loving people, reaching out, serving people, giving of yourself, giving of your resources, praying, worshiping, delighting yourself in the Lord, and you get that text message, God sees you, God is watching, and that's not intimidating, that's not negative at all, that's a positive thing, like, yes, Lord, you see me being faithful through this really difficult time. It hurts. It, it's scary. But I'm trusting you, God, and you see me. Thank you, God, that you see me. Let that be comforting to your soul. And if you have a guilty conscience, just repent. Confess your sins. God sees it anyways. I mean, don't try to hide from him. Just repent. Acknowledge your sin to God. Let him wash away your sins. Don't act as if he doesn't see you. He does see you. He, and one of the things that's beautiful about the gospel is that God sees us in all our brokenness, all our sinfulness, and he knows us better than any person. And yet he loves us more deeply and more securely than any person. Amen? Okay, so the next reason that the psalmist gives us that we should praise God through this pandemic. That we should just praise God in general. But I'm applying this to right now. Praise Him in this pandemic. Okay? Don't just, don't just praise Him after the storm. Don't just praise Him after deliverance. Praise Him even before you see it. And even if you don't see it. Like, uh, was it Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in the book of Daniel? They're like... We know our God will deliver us. He's able and he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow to these idols, right? Praise him. Be committed and resolved to praise him regardless of what comes your way. God is not only our almighty creator. He's not only sovereign over history and sovereign over the nations. The Lord is our Savior. He's our Savior. Verse 16. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. But it's, and by its great might, it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope. In his steadfast love. That he may deliver their soul from death. And keep them alive in famine. This is powerful. The Lord is our savior. And notice the contrast. That the psalmist is, is uh, uh, making here. Between the Lord is our salvation. Our rescue. Our deliverance. And military might. Now I, I, I know War horse isn't like um, relevant so much to us today. I mean, we, we don't we don't really use war horses mili mili militarily. Uh, we have tanks, we have jets, we have missiles, right? And so, if we were to apply that to modern day United States of America, the 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 the, the jets, the missiles are false hope 
for salvation. Our military might praise God for our military. Praise God that God has given us a strong military, one of the most powerful militaries in the world. All right. But but Christians, you and I are to put our hope not in our military might. We're to put our hope in almighty God. Okay. And right now we need in our nation more than military might. Okay. Because there's this COVID-19 virus that has stealthily come under the radar and has infiltrated our entire land, our entire world, and our military might isn't delivering us right now. But praise God that we have, don't, don't hear me talking negatively about those who are in military and, and, and God works through those serving in armed forces, and I thank God for them, and I honor you if, if you if you serve in that way. But what I'm what I'm highlighting that the psalm highlights here is simply that God tells us to put our hope in Him. It's vain to put our hope in the war horse. The king is not saved by a great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. By its great might, it cannot rescue. And here's the contrast. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. God is watching over those who fear him. He sees us and he's watching over us for our good, for our deliverance. He's watching over us for those who fear him, those, those who reverence him, those who respect him, those who take him seriously, those who stand in all of who he is. Many of us have all amnesia, as one author put it. We forget about how awesome God is and the awesome things that God has done. So let us be those who fear the Lord, who stand in all of him, but also those who hope in his mercy. These two go together. In Psalm 147, 11, they go together. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. And so we, we fear God, but we also hope in his mercy. Amen. And notice the, the blessing. Notice the promise. Notice what we can be assured of for the one who fears the Lord and hopes in his mercy. We can be assured that the Lord will deliver our soul from death, that the Lord will keep us alive in famine or pestilence or coronavirus. He's the author and the sustainer of our lives, the giver and the sustainer of our lives. Therefore, look, look at this last section here. We're almost done. Therefore, we wait for God and we trust in his name. Verse 20, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in you. We are in a time of waiting, probably more than any of us have ever have uh, waited. And it's painful. It's difficult. Sheltering in place. You know, we're designed to be, to flourish in community with people and relationships. And this is so hard for so many people. They feel lonely. It's difficult. And we're waiting. We're waiting for this to pass, right? We're, we're waiting for this to be over, for this sickness to just go away. But for Christians, 
This, this biblical call to wait is not a passive waiting. It's not a burying our heads in the sand and, and forgetting about the world and passively waiting. It's an active waiting, kind of like a waiter. When you go to a, a restaurant, a good waitress or waiter, they are ready to serve and respond to those that they're serving, right? And so we, as Christians, we wait with anticipation. We wait with confidence. We wait in hope in assurance and confidence that our God is going to show up for us. Our soul waits for the Lord. And this is why, because he's our help. He's our shield. Do you need God to help you right now? Do you need God to shield you right now? Do you need him to be a mighty fortress, a refuge for you right now? That's what he is and he always will be. He doesn't change. He's consistent. He's steady. He's there. He's with us. He's for us. In verse 21, he says, For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. If your heart's not glad in him, just examine whether you're trusting in his name. Whether you're hoping and trusting and relying upon him through this time. Because when you and I do, when we're believing God, we're trusting God, the effects upon our lives will be joy and peace. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope, and I'm going to speak this blessing over you here. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing and cause hope to abound by the power of the Holy Spirit. Last verse 22 is a, is a prayer. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us. And I say amen to that even as we hope in you. You want to just pray that over your family right now. Pray that over your community right now. Pray that over your church right now. Pray that over the world right now. Pray that over the church right now. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us. Have mercy upon us, even as we hope in you. So an application here. There's just a few things I want to encourage you to do. And the first one is to reflect on God's greatness and his goodness until you're awestruck. Reflect on his greatness and his goodness until you're awestruck. You may need to get outside and just behold the creation and look at the revelation of God in creation, the general revelation that he's given us. And then you may need to go to the scripture, all right? Go to the scripture and just get in the Bible, like more than ever, get in the Bible. God's word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path, and we are walking through a dark day. And when you're going through the dark, you need a light. You need a good flashlight so you don't stumble and so you don't get lost. Use the light of God's word to guide you through this dark day. He's given us revelation there. So reflect on, in his word, reflect on his greatness and his goodness until you're awestruck. Don't let all amnesia rob you of being awestruck 
with the greatness and the goodness of God. Rejoice in the revelation of God. And as you see the beauty of God, the power of God, the greatness of God, the kindness of God, delight and rejoice in him. Be glad in him. Remember what great things he's done for you and thank him. Count your blessings. God has been good to you. He's been good to me. I am 38 years old. And if the Lord takes me tomorrow, I can say he has been good to me. And every single day that I've had has been a gift from the Almighty. And he's been good. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to love him. Every day I've had with my family. And my friends has been a gift from the Almighty. And for that, I thank Him. And so rest assured that the Lord is your help and your shield, knowing that He will indeed come through for you. Amen? The Lord will indeed come through for you. I'd like to finish this time close this time singing a song that I wrote several years ago. Actually, it's the Psalm 33. I just put a melody to it. Oh, it's good. 
I forgot to mention City Church we're having a prayer meeting just like we do every Sunday at 4.30 on Zoom uh, be looking for that um, join in if you can make it 4.30 to 5.30 today and then uh, today's Palm Sunday forgot to mention that today's Palm Sunday uh, we don't have any palms around here palm branches um, next Sunday is Easter Sunday this is going to be a different Easter a uh, different kind of Easter resurrection day that many of us have had. But what an appropriate time for you and I to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ because he got up out of the grave. He conquered death for you and me so that we can live eternally with him. Amen. So join us next Sunday as we gather um, online, <laughs> online for Easter to worship our risen Savior. And every day we're doing prayer and praise in the pandemic on Facebook Live, on uh, Twitter. Uh, we're going to have, Lord willing, we're going to have YouTube Live going soon. Uh, so join us in on those times. We have about 18 days of prayer that we've had so far of prayer and praise. Just pouring out our prayer, crying out for God's mercy in our world. For God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So join us for those times of prayer uh, this week if you can make one of those on Facebook Live. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he lift up the light of his countenance upon you. And may he give you his peace. Shalom. You guys enjoy your Sunday. <laughs>